He's a man that smokes that job, that job will take you for a dime. Once if he's still alive, when you smoke that killing job, it will make you very tall. It seems as if you're going to fall. Knock yourself just about five. You know I mean that killing job. Parents, beware. Your children, homeward bound from school, are being introduced to a new danger in the form of a drugged cigarette. Marijuana. A Chicago mother watching her daughter die as an indirect result of marijuana addiction told officers that at least 50 of the girl's young friends were slaves to the narcotic, continuing addiction until they deteriorate mentally, become insane, and turn to violent crime and murder. It is convinced that he is hopelessly and incurably insane, a condition caused by the drug marijuana to which he was addicted. It is recommended, Your Honor, that the defendant be placed at an institution for the criminally insane for the rest of his natural life. I see no reason why the request should not be granted. This is America. Welcome to American History X, Episode 7, The Chronic 1937. But before we get into the uh, episode, I got a few things that I would like to mention. Last week, I mentioned about a um, series that I had in my head that I wanted to try to pitch to Netflix. And it was about it would be a show called Amara. It'll be about a girl named Amara and a guy named Adam. And Adam would be so infatuated with Amara and he would like love her so much. But every episode she would she would just do something so scandalous and he would always take her back. So I decided to, I had an idea. How about I put a two minute, two to three minute mini episode within American History X. So I have an episode of Amara in the first two minutes and then it'll lead into the show. And hopefully it will tie into the narrative and give you a different perspective of, of the situation. That's my intent. So hopefully I'll, I'll try to get that together next week. So um, I usually don't like to talk about current events, but sometimes the stars can line up so perfectly, almost too perfect, ter- too perfect to something stupid happens. It was a joke that I heard in the South. Because I remember I told y'all, I'm like, I spent 12 years in Mississippi, too. So the joke goes as followed. There was a fish swimming in the stream. And that fish looked up and he noticed a fly. And that fish said, if that fly drops six inches, I'm going to jump up, grab the fish and have myself a good meal. But behind the fish was a bear on the bank watching the fish. So the bear was watching the fish watch the fly. And that bear said to himself, when that fly drops six inches, that fish is going to grab that fly and I'm going to grab the fish and I'm going to have myself a delicious meal. But behind the bear, there was a hunter. And that hunter was watching the bear watch the fish watch the fly. And that hunter said to himself, when that fly drops six inches, the fish is going to grab the fly, the bear is going to grab the fish, and I'm going to shoot the bear and take it home. But behind the hunter, hunter, there was a mouse. And that mouse is watching the hunter 
watch the bear, watch the fish, watch the fly. And that mouse said, when that fly drops six inches, that fish is going to grab that fly. The bear is going to grab the fish. The hunter is going to shoot the bear and drop his sandwich, cheese sandwich, and I'm going to have myself a good meal. But behind the mouse, there was a cat on the branch in a tree. And that cat was looking down, watching the mouse, watched the hunter, watched the bear, watched the fish, watched the fly. And that cat said to himself, when that fly drops six inches, that fish is going to get that fly. The bear is going to grab the fish. The hunter is going to shoot the bear, lose his sandwich. The mouse is going to get his sandwich and I'm going to jump down and grab the mouse and I'm going to have myself a good meal. So it happened. And sure enough, fly dropped six inches. The bear, the fish grabbed the fly. The bear grabbed the fish. The hunter shot the bear, dropped the sandwich. The mouse got his sandwich. But when the cat dove down, he missed the mouse and landed into the stream. I guess that goes to show you that any time a fly drops six inches, the cat will get wet. So that's what I think about the Kyle Rittenhouse situation. Yeah, it's the same scenario to me. All right, so after this message from our sponsor, we'll be right back. Thank you. Welcome back to American History X, episode 7, The Chronic 1937. You can call it The Chronic, you can call it uh, Kush, Cannabis, Weed, Marijuana, or I, I don't know how many names that's that they have out there for it, but I'm going to call it The Chronic. So what if I told you that there was a wonder plant? on the planet and it was a plant that possessed the qualities of 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 nutritional it was a nutritional plant it was it was a plant that you could use to make clothes and you could also use to make paper and you could actually use it to make fuel what if i told you that this plant exists and is right here on this planet and i presented this plant to the government, what do you think they would say? They would say, boy, if you don't get your, no, they would say, uh, yeah, somebody, somebody shoot this guy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's cannabis. That's what it is. The early cell, you know, it was, it's been said and documented that when Columbus came over his cell ships, the cell part was made out of cannabis. We're not talking about the, the leafy matter that you roll up and smoke. We're talking about the stem and the fibers in the stem. They could break it down and make canvases. I think I think the Latin word or, or something for uh, uh, cannabis is canvas, something like that. And they also can use they used to use it to make clothing. So all of um, Christopher Columbus men their clothes were made out of cannabis and also all of Benjamin Franklin 
clothes was made out of hemp. So, and, and you know what's crazy? The actual decorate, Declaration of Independence was also written on hemp paper. They also used, they said the, the, the cells, the fiber when they make, to make a rope, once you make a rope, it was, it was, it was, it was un, unbreakable. So they used to use all of these. And in the 1600s, the early in America, and to be a part of the early colonies, colonies, you had to grow hemp. You know, it was constitutional because it was so, it was the every plant. It was the plant that did everything. And I guess you wonder, how did it become illegal? Now it is illegal, but it wasn't, it didn't become illegal because we got high off of it because you can get high off of alcohol. So it was a guy named Andrew Mellon and Andrew Mellon figured that he was the uh, secretary of treasure. And he also was the founder of a, uh, he, he, he had stock into DuPont. And also I forgot to mention about another quality about hemp. The seeds itself was that had vitamin D's, like any vitamin you can name it possessed. They also used it for, we all, we still use it now for cancer patients and for pain, but they used to give it to the children for pain. I mean, it was the, the go-to plant in the early Americas. But Andrew Mullen, Mellon, Secretary of Treasure, he, he was invested in DuPont. And DuPont was, you know, the king of, of, of plastic and, and all fibers. And they had got the patent from the Germans. So they felt that maybe, you know, the hemp would be a threat. So it was pretty much, I hate to, like, like I hate to say this, but remember when I said at every top of, of every pyramid, there's a member of that certain secret society that I mentioned earlier. So a group of business businesses got together and at the top and they noticed how they noticed how powerful hemp was. And they knew long as that long as hemp existed, that they could not make money off of other other products. Like I said before, hemp produced paper and it produced it way more cheaper and way more faster than, than wood, than trees could. It would take one acre of hemp trees could would equal to four acres of paper. So you're starting to see where I'm getting at, that hemp was used for everything. So the Secretary of State, Andrew Mellon, he got his um his good old his nephew, Harry Anslinger. And Henry Harry Anslinger was the first commissioner of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics. And in the beginning of this episode, you heard the, the, the guy talking about hide your kids, hide that. That was the propaganda that he presented in order for you to, to fear this drug. 
and also he was the first one that to add the the the, the name marijuana to it because marijuana was a marijuana was a Mexican term for for loco or crazy you know crazy weed and one of his tactics that he used that he promoted to people that and he told CBS that the drug caused psychosis and eventually insanity and he wasn't backed by any any doctors or scientists he actually did present it to the scientists but he, he presented it to 30 scientists and 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 only all 20 and, and 29 out of 30 said you know none of your 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 accusations are true you're just making this stuff up but he kept presenting it because he was the nephew of Andrew Mellon and Andrew Mellon was invested in DuPont and he also was buddies with William R. Hearst. William R. Hearst had the largest newspaper chain in in, in, in the Americas at the time and, he, and they also was friends with Eli Whitney. Eli Whitney did the cotton gym. Cotton gym. And if you look up cotton versus hemp you you would see that cotton stronger i mean that you would see that hemp is stronger hemp lasts longer and it's more durable and cheaper than cotton so henry harry anslinger was really working for all these guys and they had a secret meeting andrew millen William R. Hurst and Eli Whitney, they had a meeting and they said, you know what? We, we can't make money long as we use this stuff. We have to stop it. So that's when they appointed Harry Anslinger to the Federal Bureau. And he came up with crazy propaganda videos. And he also used the he used scare tactics, but once you know we're back in the thirties, and in the thirties is you know it was it was a lot of racism, you know it, it it was a very racist society, and one of his scare tactics he used, and I think this scare tactic alone tipped it over. This caused mass, you know, everybody panicked because he said it would make the girls the white girls uncontrollable. He actually told CBS this, and it would make all the black men and the Hispanic men, like, forget their fabric in, in United States society. They would lose their place because it would make them so, <laughs> you can't make this up. I, I mean, I'm not making this up. It would make them so horny that they would take all <laughs> the white women. And, and once that got out, and then actually he promoted a um, a movie, and you can look this up yourself, called Reefa Madness. Came out in 1936. And another part of the intro, that clip you heard, was a clip from Reefa Madness. And, and you watched the movie. I watched a clip of it. The, the, the white girl was smoking weed. She took her clothes off, and she jumped out the window. I'm like, man, that's, I don't want none of that. That's, that's some bad stuff. So... They use scare tactics. Doesn't that sound familiar? They'll they scare you into doing something that is not even is, is not even anything to be scared of. I think they, they use that tactic a lot in America. So 
once he presented this, all his findings, which keep in mind was not followed or agreed to or with by doctors. They had a secret meeting. They voted on it and it passed through all 50 states. And in 1937, the Marijuana Tax Act went into effect. And like they said, they targeted it to smoke, but it really, the intent for them to, 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 to make it illegal wasn't because you can smoke because it's illegal now. But today's society, we, we only do what we see on TV. If TV don't mention it, it never happened. We're so blinded. So that put the marijuana tax act, tax act in uh, effect, and it was crazy. You can only farmers can only. I mean, who did it really hurt? It hurt the farmers, because you could use that one plant for for. It was like no, it was no, nothing left off of the the marijuana, the hemp plant after they grown it, because you can use the stems, and you can make uh, paper, clothing, rope. And you could use the seeds for fertilizer for, for the cows. So everything in that plant was used, uh, renewable. It was, it was reusable. It was a reusable resource, nothing to waste. So that plant from that one acre could make, you know, it can make so much money. And compared to the day society where they get robbed for picking so many acres of cotton or so many of this and that, you know, they're, they're losing money. But because of this band of um, brothers, part of this society, they decided to band it. And you know what's really crazy? That um, Henry Ford, Henry Ford, in, in the 1930s, he developed a hemp car. Whole car, 100% hemp. And the fibers, he used the fibers of hemp and he made, he made the body of the car and he used the hemp to make the fuel because they were using hemp for, for fuel prior to before they were using gasoline but that was a competitor competitor and dupont was also involved in petroleum so you get what i'm you get where i'm going at they sacrificed the the the, the a natural resource for money. So Henry Ford, you can look it up on YouTube. Look up Henry Ford's hemp car. And on the on the um, little, um, it was a commercial at the time, they had a guy with an axe hammering, hammering the hemp car. The car made out of hemp. Did not leave a mark. So you kind of... You got to think you can't do that with a, with a, with a modern day car made out of plastic. It, it, you're done. You'll cost at least three or $4,000 worth of damage. If you, if you're axing or hitting a car with a hammer. So yeah, he, and he also grew, he had his own hemp field. So Henry Ford to him, hemp was the future of, of the automobile industry, but not only Henry Ford. And I think it's kind of ironic because Rudolph diesel, he is the, 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 he created the diesel engine and he designed his first engine to run off of peanut oil, but his second engine ran off of a hundred percent 
hemp seed oil. Yeah. So while Rudolf Diesel was in Germany talking about his, his patent, and he wouldn't give it to nobody. Uh, yeah, he, he, he disappeared. He died. Yeah. And by the time they found him, his body was so decomposed that they couldn't even, they couldn't even identify or investigate what really happened to him. I don't think they were trying to investigate what happened to Rudolf Diesel. It's just as, and, and, and my wife, because when I do this research, like she is my facts checker, you know, my truth checker. Remember, we don't use facts. We use truth. And, and that's how, when I present stuff to you guys, you best believe it's 100% authentic and true. Because if, if it passes through her, it's legit. Because she breaks it down hours. And she said, okay. You can you can say it. I'm like, thank you. Thank you so much. So yeah. And and uh how and of course you gotta be stupid to not think or not tie this into today's society when you you hear climate change. We gotta stop it. You know, it's like we are our own worst enemies in America. All the problems of America was created by America. All the we're killing the ozone layer, climate change by the plastic bottles. Well, you know what? If you used hemp, you wouldn't have to use plastic. Hemp would be a renewable resource that would go right back in reusable resource that went right back into the planet. So what if you threw it out the window? It would go back to its home. And Rudolph Diesel, when he created his diesel engine, it was 75% of effective, percentage-wise. So it only wasted 25% versus the internal combustion engine. Who knows what it wastes? We can try to do hybrid. We can try to do whatever. It still was not efficient as his diesel engine. And that 25% that it burnt off was natural, was harmful. So let's do a another recap caps before we conclude. So we got hemp clothing, stronger than cotton. We got paper. The hemp paper was cheaper and 75% cheaper than other paper. And keep in mind, we were, we're talking about climate change and, and, and the environment. If we didn't have to cut down so many trees, we could breathe better. You know, so if they cared about climate change, I think the problem with America is you got certain individuals that care more about their pockets than pollution. That's America's problem. We don't, they don't care. <laughs> As I sit and watch gas prices skyrocket and the only solution is we're going to go electric cars. Which, in return, when you have to disposal, those batteries are probably worse than gasoline. But if they really cared about the solution, they would use hemp. It's, it's a constant slap in the face. That's what it is. And they're not going to tell you. You know, they expect you not to know. 
And I think, and I know, it's not that I think, and I know that is the purpose for this podcast, for American History X, because I care. I don't care about you, you know? <laughs> I feel like Mr. Rogers right now. You know, it's a good... No, I'm just joking. But I, I do. I, I care so much, man. And, and that's that's my problem. I have so much passion to... to, to I want to see the right things done. But it's like a dream. Because it's not. The nightmare is only going to continue. So when we talk about climate change Green New Deal it's all and I have not dropped a cuss word in since I've been doing this podcast but sometimes you gotta call it for what it is it's all when we talk here about climate change the Green New Deal what's best for the environment it's all bullshit and that's America History X mm-hmm.